service. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Disgraceland is brought to you by Disgraceland All Access. Disgraceland All Access membership is your chance to support the show and get ad-free listening, an exclusive scripted episode every month, and exclusive bonus content every week, plus access to an always-on chat with me and your fellow discos. Visit disgracelandpod.com slash membership or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. Good morning and happy Monday, Discos. Welcome to our weekly advance mini episode, the first communique of the week between you and yours truly, the place for us to set the table for everything that we're going to be discussing and listening to this week, specifically this week's release, a new episode on Inspect the Deck on Tuesday, and then another new episode on Capadonna on Thursday, as well as any and all music news relevant to Disgraceland and its many subjects. And of course, This is where we start the conversation that we continue over voicemail, text, social media, and in our Thursday bonus episodes. All right. After a break in the action last week, we are back with two brand new episodes this week in our serialized season on Wu-Tang Clan. Tomorrow is a new episode on Inspect the Deck, and then on Thursday, a new episode on Capadonna. In the Inspect the Deck episode, we get into the NYPD's ongoing war against the drug trade in the early 1990s. This is a fascinating time in New York history, one that I was alive for. I wasn't living there, obviously, and I wasn't aware of what was happening. But since, there's been amazing documentaries and just great culture that has sort of grown out of the early 1990s mess that was New New York City. There was a drug war that I mentioned that Inspector Deck from Wu-Tang Clan found himself caught up in and that he obviously desperately wanted to escape. He was arrested at the age of 15 for selling crack to an undercover cop. And it was in jail that he had to grow up super fast and hold his own against older dudes in prison. Through this experience, the alter ego of Inspector Deck was born. So was his unique style as a hip-hop artist. We don't want to overlook that. Hours and hours, days, days, weeks and weeks, working on rhymes, working on cadence, working on flow. It's not hyperbole to say that when Deck was released, he was a changed man. Okay, so let's move on to our other Wu-Tang focus of the week, Capadonna. He also did time, but unlike Inspector Deck, who was at the Brooklyn House of Detention, Cap was at Riker's Island, real big boy prison, busted for drugs that weren't even his. He was busted just as Wu-Tang was coming together, 
and he probably would have been in on the ground floor with the group had he not gone to jail. But the craziest part of this Capadonna story is that when he gets out of jail, he joins Wu-Tang Clan as an honorary member, and in doing so, he brings into the fold, into Wu-Tang Clan's inner circle, unknowingly, of course, a guy who is a federal informant. And this is at the height of the time that Wu-Tang, again, unknowingly, are being investigated by the FBI. So imagine, the feds are watching you, and while they're watching you, you start hanging out with a dude who is singing to the feds <laughs> about some other stuff. But nonetheless, he's a federal informant, and he's been brought into the inner sanctum of your group. All right, so to hear all about this and so much more, make sure you catch both episodes of our serialized series on the Wu-Tang Clan in your feeds this week. This week, I'm traveling, so I'm recording this episode right before Billboard announces what the number one song in America is for the week. So uh, is it still Paint the Town Red by Doja Cat, or is it someone else? I don't freaking know. But what I do know is that uh, Billboard and TikTok have now launched this new Top 50 chart that's accessible on the TikTok app as well as on Billboard's website. I don't know if this thing's going to be real, what it's going to mean. And by real, I mean, is it going to be significant? Is it going to move records? Is it going to make careers? I have no idea, but I'm going to check it out because you know me, I'm addicted to charts, right? All right. You know what else I'm addicted to? Talking to you guys. Let's do some emails. Alrighty, Johnny Carvalho writes in, that's a great rock and roll name, by the way, Johnny Carvalho writes in, uh, subject, Brian Jones episode. Message, first, love the podcast. It's one of my favorites. Top three. My question is, where is the monologue about going from city to city, meeting people and doing drugs from? He's talking about the monologue in the Brian Jones episode. Uh, he goes on to say, I know I've heard it before, but can't place it. I want to say the film Rules of Attraction. And if you have time, I'd love to know. It's gnawing at my brain. Keep them coming. Thanks. Yes, Johnny, I do have time. And yes, you are absolutely correct. It is from Rules of Attraction, the, the film from the 90s, 1990s film written by Roger Avery, I believe directed by Roger Avery as well. Yeah, man, I was researching Brian Jones. A lot of you know this already. I've talked about it a lot, but just so you know, Johnny and so any new listeners might know, I was researching Brian Jones from the Rolling Stones, and it was just one of those things where all of the transgressive behavior, the drug use, the violence, all of it, it was just so much. And a lot of it happened while he was traveling and traveling throughout Europe. And it reminded me of that famous scene from Rules of Attraction uh, that is, is kind of a film within the film called Victor Takes a Trip. So I decided that I would take all the Brian Jones information I learned from the research and write it in a way that mapped it directly to uh, the, the beats, the rhythm, the cadence of that Victor Takes a Trip uh, set of scenes, the mini movie in Rules of Attraction. And then we created music that sounded just like or very similar to the music that was scored in there in the original film. And we put it all together. We even made a video for it. I'm very proud of the video. You can find it on our YouTube channel, youtube.com uh, slash disgraceland pod. I believe that's what the uh, URL is. Just search for Disgraceland Podcast on YouTube and uh, you'll find it there. It might It's featured right on the homepage. And you're, if, you, if you like what we did in the podcast, you're going to love the video. All right. Thanks for the email, Johnny. Keep listening. All right. This email comes from Edward Truax 
And uh, it's it's reference, you know, it's a reference to a rap party topic we have going on, but I don't do too many emails uh, regarding Badlands. So I'm going to do one here. It says, uh, Badlands, top five favorite movie bad guys. Hey, Jake, well, I generally don't root for the bad guy. There are many complex cinematic characters, some of whom merit closer examination. Here's my top five. Nick Cage, uh, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, Willem Dafoe, Wild at Heart, Malcolm McDowell, Clockwork Orange, Robert Mitchum, Night of the Hunter, Margaret Hamilton, The Wizard of Oz. Hope you're having a great week and I'll see you on Instagram. Well, uh, Edward, you're saying you don't root for the bad guy. You're, you're certainly dug in pretty deep with the bad guys. This is a great list of characters here. All of these are fantastic. I wonder where you where you stand with Harvey Keitel's Bad Lieutenant. Um, I haven't watched Wild at Heart since I think you know, right around the time it came out. I need to go back and watch that. Um, love the Mitchum reference. Love the McDowell, the Clockwork Orange reference. And Margaret Hamilton, the Wizard of Oz is, is, a, is a pretty cool reference as well. You know, it's funny. We're talking about rooting for bad guys or not rooting for bad guys. And it's interesting because there's, you know, in all these episodes of Disgraceland, there are these subjects, these quote-unquote protagonists, these musicians, in a lot of ways we're rooting for them because of the redemptive quality of these stories. But at the same time, they've done some bad, bad, bad shit. And of course, I can make the distinction between somebody like Jerry Lee Lewis or, I don't know, Big Lurch or, or, or Gigi Allen with, with somebody like... Uh, I don't know, even some of the, the characters from Wu-Tang Clan. So it's this nuance uh, between good and bad, the the dark and the light that has endlessly attracted me. And it's, you know, at the root of why we're all why we're all talking to each other right now. So appreciate the email, Edward. You guys want to email me about uh, this subject or any subject, Wu-Tang Clan, whatever you want to talk about, disgracelandpod at gmail.com. Let's do one more here. This one is from Mick Demaria. And the subject says, Misfits episode, a movie, question mark. Message says, uh, hi there, really loved your Misfits episode titled The Misfits, Robin Graves, Night of the Living Dead, and The Teenagers from Mars. I'm sure you thought of this or maybe even done it. Your storytelling is so good here. Have you considered turning this episode into a movie? Much like how the band was inspired by B-movie horror films, you could create the same just from the stories and narration from this episode. I'd watch it, and I'm sure a million other friends would too. Just a thought. Carry on. Well, Mick, uh, love the idea. And if Danzig's out there listening, hey, I'm around, Glenn. Let's talk, brother. I would be into it. The The thing for me here is this episode, Mick, so you know, we took um, Night of the Living Dead, the film, the George Romero Night of the Living Dead, and we basically took the misfits transgressions and crimes, getting arrested in the graveyard, being thrown in jail in London, all that stuff. And we kind of set it to the score of Night of the Living Dead because the film Night of the Le Living Dead is public domain, meaning that uh, all of that content can be used in any way anyone sees fit uh, without having to pay any, any fees. Um, I don't know why that is, but it's the case. So we actually, instead of making our own music for this, we did make some, but the majority of the music is the actual score from that film. Uh, that's why it might have this sort of cinematic feel for you. And then, and then we had a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm totally upfront about this in the beginning of the episode, talking about how it's a work of mostly fiction and satire, um, but all the stuff with the zombies coming and, and the ending, of course, without giving it away, is all based on Night of the Living Dead, but adheres to somewhat loosely to the truth of the Misfits and Glenn Danzig story. 
I'd love to turn it into a movie. I think it'd be great. Again, Glenn, if you're listening, let me know. I'm around. I, I don't have much time, Glenn, but for you, I could I could make it. Maybe we could work out together and, you know, put together a treatment. I don't know. I'm just I know you're a busy guy, you know. You know, maybe we'll just kill two birds at one with one stone. You know, we'll go to the gym, we'll do some push-ups, we'll gossip about Henry Rollins. It'll be fun. All right, guys, let's shift gears a little bit here. Thanks for the emails. Let's get into some Disgraceland subject history. On September 25th, 1976, David Evans, a.k.a. The Edge, and a friend of his named Adam Clayton, responded to an ad on a bulletin board posted by a guy looking to start a band, and that guy was Larry Mullen Jr. And the band that was started as a result of this soon became U2. I tell you this because we covered U2 over on our YouTube channel that I mentioned earlier. But the real reason I'm telling you this is because later this year, in November to be exact, we've got a brand new episode of Disgraceland coming your way all about U2. Now, you might be saying, what the hell did U2 do? Uh, we've been asking for replacements episodes for uh, forever, and you keep telling us, well, there's no crime attached with it. So what crime is U2 attached to? And I will tell you, this is a super true crimey episode. Um, it's focused on a killer who is a real killer who is obsessed with a U2 song. You're not going to want to miss this one. I loved this episode. I loved recording it. I loved learning about this subject, and I think you guys are going to dig it as well. It is for true, true crime fans and, of course, music and U2 fans. Um, okay, also, on September 27th, 1990, D.D. Ramone was arrested in Washington Square Park, New York City, for possession of marijuana. Undercover cops watched him and a bunch of other people make their purchases, and then they swept in. They arrested, like, 20 or so people. D.D. was 39 years old at the time, and just, you know, buying a little weed on the street corner was a far cry from the stuff that he was once looking for and getting up to. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, check out some of the songs he wrote for the Ramones and the Heartbreakers, like 53 and 3rd, Chinese Rock. Uh, rest in peace, Dee Dee Ramone. And you can hear all about Dee Dee and the rest of the guys in our episode from Season 7 of Disgraceland. On September 29th, 2018, Cardi B, you know Cardi B, right? She got herself involved in a strip club brawl, earned her three misdemeanor charges. And this, of course, happened just months after she released her debut studio album, Invasion of Privacy, an album that went to number one. Uh, but unlike our guy, Zach Bryan here, uh, who we were talking about last week, this was not the number one spot. Cardi B did not occupy the number one spot like, like Zach Bryan did when this incident occurred. Of course, we covered this incident in season three of Disgraceland. And we did so uh, by paying homage to a classic scene from one of our favorite films. Um, let me know if you know what this film is, write in, uh, hit me up, 617-906-6638, voicemail and text to let me know what film we're paying homage to in this Cardi B clip. From behind the bar, Jade caught Cardi's stare. She tried avoiding it, couldn't. Cardi B, AKA the most hated bitch on the planet, as she had jokingly referred to herself. Her wrath as real in that room as the bumping sub. Jade focused on the drink she was making, pressed her thumb to the soda gun. It spat out flat club soda from a dirty line into a dirty glass with dirty smelling ice. And she grabbed a lime, threw it into the glass, and slid it across the bar to the thug with the 20. She kept the change and kept her focus on the drinks, avoiding the South Bronx sirens staring her down. Jade wondered what her sister was doing at the other end of the bar. She was afraid to look up for fear of catching Cardi's stare. She grabbed the gun again and sprayed more soda into the glass with a splash of Smirnoff, grabbed another line with her long, dirty fingers, threw it into the glass, and slid it across the bar to the newest thug with the 20. Then she turned to the bar again, and that's when she felt it. 
crash right across her pretty face. Glass, ice, smeared off. Then the swarm of thugs at the bar. Someone grabbed her hair, pulled her down. All she could do was hear that voice, that familiar thick Bronx accent. You fuck my husband? What? Jade thought. You fuck my husband? Jay, amidst the melee, thought to herself, how could she ask me a question like that? How could she ask me? I'm a sister. You ask me that? Where do you get your balls big enough to ask me that? Again, that Bronx-accented voice, but now closer to her, above her, hovering. Just tell me. Jade thought to herself, I'm not answering you. I'm not going to answer that. It's stupid. Again, the voice over the subs. You're very smart, JD. You give me all these answers, but you don't give me the right answer. I'm going to ask you again. Did you or did you not? Jade in her head. I'm not going to answer it. It's a sick question. You're a sick fuck, and I'm not that sick that I'm going to answer it. I'm not telling you anything. You're a sick bastard. I feel sorry for you. I really do. You fuck my husband? You fuck my husband? All right, I'd play you more, but you're going to have to go find that Cardi B episode in your Disgraceland feed to hear the rest. And while you do that, I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be back in a flash. Hey, Discos, it's Jake here. Thank you so much for listening to Disgraceland. Your support truly means a lot to me, and it's because of you that my team and I are able to make this show. If you want more Disgraceland, if you want more regular interactions with me and the community of Disgraceland listeners, or if you simply want to listen to the show ad-free, go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. For just five bucks a month, you can listen to every episode of Disgraceland ad-free. Plus, you'll get one brand new exclusive episode every month. You'll also get weekly unscripted bonus content, special audio collections, and early access to merch and events. There are two ways that you can support the show and become a member at disgracelandpod.com slash membership. You can sign up using Patreon and listen to the show ad-free on Apple, Spotify, and most other major podcast platforms. And Patreon members also get access to all the other perks of membership in an always-on chat where I'll be interacting with you and diving deeper into the world of Disgraceland. But maybe you're currently an Apple Podcast subscription listener and you want to just tap into all the bonus audio content and ad-free listening that we're offering. We're also offering this membership as a premium channel on Apple Podcasts. However you choose to join, all you got to do is go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Support the show for just $5 a month, five bucks, or sign up for an annual plan and get two months free. Come join me and your fellow discos at Disgraceland All Access by visiting disgracelandpod.com slash membership. All right, slow week in the land of music and true crime. Bob Boylan, the NPR host and producer who created the extremely popular Tiny Desk Concert series, announced that he's retiring after 35 years. No crime here. No crime. Bob, happy retirement. All right, just a little music news. The Tiny Desk shows, if you guys don't know, they're super intimate. They involve musicians, bands, famous and unknown, uh, emerging artists, established artists. They all huddle around Bob's NPR desk in D.C., and uh, play a set of songs. And this is everyone from Wu-Tang Clan, which is our side of the street right now, The Roots, Mac Miller, Justin Bieber, Lizzo, Taylor Swift, Bono and the Edge even, uh, Sleater Kinney, Dinosaur Jr., something like 800 shows Bob's done in total since it began back in 2008. 
just a really cool concept. Great execution. I uh, just want to say thanks to Bob Boylan for bringing that to all of us and happy retirement. And finally, I would be remiss if I did not mention that since we're in the middle of a season on Wu-Tang Clan, Wu-Tang's debut album, Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers, was released 30 years ago this November. So to celebrate, the RZA is staging three symphony shows at the Gramercy Theater in New York this November. It's going to be three shows, three nights, and the RZA's announcement on social media described them as, quote, live orchestra experience, unquote. So, you going? If so, make sure you hit me up afterwards and let me know how it was. 617-906-6638 or at Disgraceland Pod on the socials to get at me to let me know anything you might have in your mind. All right, let's wrap this advanced mini episode up so that we set the week for us here in Disgraceland. Number one, get ready for two new episodes hitting your feeds this week in Disgraceland. Inspect the deck tomorrow, Tuesday and then Cappadonna on Thursday. Number two, I've got questions. I'm looking for answers, 617-906-6638. Uh, I want to know what's on your mind. I want to know what movie we paid homage to in that Cardi B episode. Let me know. Let me know what you think of this Wu-Tang series as well. Should we do another serialized season of Disgraceland? What artist or group is big enough to withstand 10 episodes like the Wu-Tang Clan? I'm thinking maybe the Grateful Dead, uh, obviously the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, but we've already done numerous episodes on those artists, but who else? Who am I missing here? Let me know. Who would you like to hear in a serialized season? Uh, 617-906-6638 with your answers. Let me know your thoughts. Anything relative to Disgraceland. All right. Okay. Inspect the deck on Tuesday again and Capadonna on Thursday. We're back on Monday with another one of these advanced mini episodes to kick your week off and to land this plane. I'm going to read to you the billboard charts from the week of September 29th, 2018, the week that Cardi B got caught up in a strip club brawl. Here we go. Number one, Girls Like You, Maroon 5, featuring Cardi B. Last week, two, peak position, one, weeks on chart, 17. Number two, In My Feelings, last week, one, peak position, one, weeks on chart, 12. Number three, Kill Shot, Eminem, last week, not applicable, peak position, three, weeks on chart, one. Number four, Lucid Dreams, Juice World. Last week, five. Peak position, number two, three. In my weeks on chart, last nineteen. Cardi B. Number five, Better Now. Post Malone. Last week, four. Kill Peak position, four. Weeks on chart, not applicable. Twenty-one. Peak position, number six. I like it. Cardi B. Bad Bunny. Jay Albums. Last week, three. Peak position, one. Weeks on chart. Number seven, I love it. Kanye West. Quit talking and start mixing.